We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, everyone. It's Lindsay Rhodes, and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Andy Lou, we are two days away from the NBA season officially beginning. How excited are you? I am ready after three years of not watching basketball. And I'm more excited because I think James Wiseman is going to be the starting center on Tuesday. And he has talked about like he is now the next Anthony Davis. So, I mean, does it, I'm ready. I'm ready. Give, give me, give me. Well, he's only David Robinson. <laughs> yeah, only a first ballot Hall of Famer. So, um, yeah, dude, it's exciting. Just to, for the listeners, we're recording this at 10 a.m. on a Sunday. I am six cups of coffee in. So, you know, you might get some energy here. You might maybe get a little incoherence, but that's kind of the Light Years podcast. So, um, what, what I was going to say is, we it has been way too long since we've had real Warriors games, and we kind of got the negative note. So we got to start here. Yesterday it comes out Draymond's going to miss the opener, probably miss a couple of games. Mild foot sprain. Uh, Steve Kerr said the MRI was clean, and they're not too concerned about it. Um, I'm going to take his word him at his word there because Kerr tends to temper expectations with everything. Like it's not his style to be like, it's a minor injury, you know, particularly with like everything this team's been through. Yeah. It's still, it's, it's really concerning to me. Actually, I'm not going to say it's not concerning because it's not Steph Curry uh, with that injury. It's not a young guy like Eric Pascal with that injury. It's not even James Wiseman with that injury, which would be kind of concerning because he's a big it's Draymond green who I think if you're talking to anybody in the NBA in the last 10 years, they'd probably say, yeah, if a guy is going to fall apart here for the Warriors, it's probably Draymond Green, right? Just the way this, his size, the way he plays, any type of injury like that, any type of injury, especially like a foot sprain, right? Any ligament, anything like if you told me sprain ankle, something like, ah, oh, that's just, I don't know, Sam, like it feels to me like I'm not going to say it's something that's going to affect him the whole season, but it's not good. Like, I don't think it's, oh, he's going to be back game four and he's going to be perfectly fine the rest of the way. I think this is kind of concerning for the rest of the season because I think it's just some of these nagging injuries that starts to hit people like Draymond Green for the rest of his career. 
And I think they're, I will say this. I think the reason they're not going to play them on Tuesday is exactly what you're talking about. Um, the last thing that Steve Kerr, Bob Myers, the Warriors want is it sounds like this is a mild muscle strain. Basically, it sounds like if it was a playoff game, he could play, right? Sure. It, um, does. it does. The last thing they need is him to aggravate it and make it like a severe sprain or actually tear something and then miss extended time. Uh, it's going to probably suck to watch KD and Giannis just have their way with Pascal and whoever's guarding them. Cause like at least against Draymond, you know, you can count on Draymond to play good defense and you know, if Katie hits a ton of shots, then so be it. But like, he's not giving them easy ones. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's fair. If, if it is something that he could have played through, maybe it's not that big of a deal moving forward. Again, it's like the first two games, the Warriors weren't, I mean, they weren't, at all favor to win those games anyway, right? So if he's no. going to miss two games, yeah, maybe you don't want him to miss a game against the Suns, right? Because I think that's a game that the Warriors can and should win if Draymond's out there. That's so. that's a 50-50 game that right. if Draymond doesn't play, you got to favor the Suns. Like, they need to win. Yeah. They can't yeah. be giving away games against the Suns, the, yeah, exactly. the Mavericks, Pelicans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. those type of teams. The You know, the, the Bucks. it's probably a loss on the road on Christmas Day against Regardless. a team. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's going to suck because we know how the internet works. We know how the news cycle works. The concern trolling on first take and all those shows after the Warriors get, you know, handled in the first couple games because they don't have Draymond, because they're going to be a work in progress. Like, it's going to be a little insufferable. And and I think you and I just don't want to have to be subjected to that, but – Honestly, if sitting him one week means it heals and he's fine, I'd rather have that than have him try to tough it out. The next thing we know, in three weeks, he has to sit for a month because it's gotten worse. Yeah, yeah. I think the long game here, both for Draymond and the Warriors, makes sense. So it's not like I don't like it's the right move. It's just it's just concerning, right? It's just like I mean, it's like it's, a couple it, of days. Yeah. yeah, and it's like it hurts emotionally because you're just like. <clears throat> it's not like we expect the team that we're seeing on Tuesday night or even on Christmas to be like who the Warriors are. Like they're going to get better as the season goes, but I just wanted to see Draymond out there. I wanted to see Steph Draymond in this uh, accumulation of wings who may or may not be able to shoot. <laughs> uh, that's, that's kind of the, uh, this is the season preview podcast. So this is probably where we're going to go next, but I think the, uh, I think the Warriors are in a good position. I I still don't I still don't know how much um I still don't know how much like how hard they're gonna try. Um or sorry, how how they're gonna look uh in the beginning of the season that matters. Like I think one of my hot takes, we have three hot takes. One of mine is I think like some of these players are gonna be in the rotation in the beginning of the season. I think by the end of the season they're just gonna be out. Like I think there's gonna be a chance where some of these guys are gonna play here in the first month of the season. We're just not gonna see them again. Um yeah, but we'll get into that later. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, I mean, they're going to be a work in progress. Quite frankly, all but about five teams in the NBA are a work in progress right now. Like the Lakers, the the um, the the Bucks, maybe the Heat. Teams like that who just like pretty much rolled back the same roster. Like they're not as much a work in progress because they know who they are. But like for teams like the Warriors, where it's a lot of new pieces and a shortened camp, and then you throw in COVID and everything, they're they could look a lot worse early on than they should. Than they would if this was a normal offseason, is what I'm yep. getting at. Yep. So with that said, I want to go here before we start getting to our bold takes. Um, what are your thoughts on the Warriors' strengths and weaknesses entering the season? Yeah. Um, oh wait, are we doing bold takes right now? Is that no, what we're no, doing? no, no, no. Put it. Oh, put it you got me kind of ready to go. You got me ready to go. Okay, strengths and weaknesses. So this was uh, a big strength for me. I think this team is going to be Draymond's out right now, and I don't, I don't know how healthy he's, he's going to be. I, for I the think rest we need to. Season. Yeah, I think we need but, to assume. Maybe take them at their word that this is a minor thing. I, I think they're going to be a fantastic defensive team. I think th- I think this team has the potential to to be a very very good, and we're not going to see this uh, game one or game two. We're not. I think that I think oh, I think especially game two. I think Milwaukee's a fantastic basketball team. I think, um, and they know exactly what they want to do. They're a machine. Yeah, they're a machine. And uh, but I think this team has the p- potential to get there. 
both two things. Defensively, they have the the athleticism, they have the size. It's going to take time for them to actually get there, though. Like I think it's going to actually take a month for them to get there. I also think that they have the depth to play defense uh, up and down the roster for 48 minutes. So they might not be able to score, and that's one of the weaknesses. They might be able to score when Steph is off the court. Actually, they won't be able to score when Steph is off the court, but I think they'll be able to defend. Um, and I think that's that's kind of similar to what the Warriors were uh, a few years ago. Um, they just they just don't have like they just don't have that offense, but I think they'll be fantastic defensively. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think this defense. I don't know where they're going to finish, you know, 12th, 7th in defensive ranking. I don't even know that it matters. I just – I feel pretty confident that if this team stays healthy, which really at this point is about Draymond Green, if Draymond – if this is just he misses two to three games and then he's back and everything's good, this defense will be a lot better by March than it is January. And, you know, the numbers may not reflect it, but we may look at it like – the second half of the season, their defense is top five, you know, for the, for the second half of the season, they could be one of those teams as top five. Cause when I'm looking at them, I'm seeing correct. They're big at almost every position except for small for power forward. And uh, Draymond doesn't need to be big to be an outlier. He just needs to be healthy. Um, they have the, they have the athleticism as well. They've shown some signs. I've been, you know, cautiously impressed with Wiggins and Ubre's defense in preseason. Not perfect, but you could tell they're committed to it, and they can and they and they're um, they should get they better when you have Draymond gets in there and kind of quarterbacks the defense. We're yeah, not even he, talking about Wiseman yet, but he profiles to be a fantastic defender over time. And as a young player, he should be better in March, April than he is in January. I think he's not the key, but I think Kevon. I think there's a I think there's a Kevon Looney problem actually. I think he looks healthy, but I just like I don't know how much basketball he's going to play if James Wiseman is who the Warriors think he is here. I think James Wiseman starts. It's not a bull take. I think he starts on Tuesday. If not Tuesday, he starts like a week from Tuesday. And I think that Steve Kerr thinks like there's no reason to start James Wiseman if he can't actually play basketball. Like I just there's no reason. Like Steve Kerr is smarter than me and you combined. He's smarter than the listeners, all of the listeners combined. So there's no reason for Steve Kerr to keep saying that James hey, Wiseman. No Tommy slander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a small guard. <laughs> Stuff is a small guard. Um, <laughs> different for him. Um, great video, Urkel comedy. Um, I I just don't think there's. I'm not feeding into all of it. Like, I'm not saying that he's going to be this great center right off the bat, but it just, it doesn't make sense to me for Steve Kerr to say all this stuff if James Wiseman isn't a productive center right off the bat, right? Like, I don't think he's going to come out here, Sam, and suddenly be like, oh, like, he, you know, it doesn't this make is actually, sense. This is actually more of a Kerr point. Kerr likes to temper expectations, not feed the beast. He knows Wiseman's the number two pick. He knows that everyone wants to see him. He's not making these comments if he thinks Wiseman can't play. Like, he wasn't making yeah. these comments about D'Lo, who was a huge acquisition last year. He, wouldn't, he wasn't making these comments was about an other drafters. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, he's seeing something. Whether he's, I don't think he's wrong, uh, but I think he absolutely believes what he's seeing. And to your point, I think the second thing, which is probably just as important, if you want to develop him, it's probably best to play him next to Draymond and Steph. It's going to be easier for him, right? Like he has to do less things. He can concentrate on just being good at the things he does. You don't have to, uh, you don't have to worry as much about him. Looney will play reasonable defense no matter who's next to sure. him. Um, I think it kind of makes sense to put Wiseman next to Draymond and let Draymond be the guy who kind of is quarterbacking everything and making the game a little easier on him. Yeah, I think it, that's going to be a situation for a lot of frustrated Warriors fans, especially ones that are kind of like the most – most of Warriors fans were – you know, they like Looney, but it's not like, oh, we love Looney because he doesn't make too many flash plays. I think it's going to be one of those things where it's just like, well, why isn't Wiseman playing a little more? Because um, he's the guy that's actually finishing at the rim, right? He's the guy that's weak side blocking. He's the guy that's making all these plays where, like, it's on ESPN, right? Um, whereas Looney's like, never going to be on any highlight package. Right, he's right. a solid enough player. Um and th I think that's kind of one of the big things I'm going to look out for is uh, I just don't understand why Steve Kerr is doing this. If James Wiseman is a player that I think a lot of people feels like he may be off the bat, which is not a very good basketball player. 
But I, it just it don't make sense to me for Steve Kerr to do any of this. That's why I'm like excited to see what James Wiseman is gonna do. Um, I think the starting line. I think he's gonna start with Pascal and Steph and and Ubre and Wiggins against against the Brooklyn uh, against the Nets on opening night. And I think that's that's gonna be a hell of a that's gonna be a hell of a start. Because I mean, I mean, it's a hell of an initiation. It's like hell of a whew. yeah. So let me read you this quote from Steve Kerr yesterday on Saturday. One of the most exciting things for us about James is his intelligence his willingness to learn and absorb lessons. From three days ago to now, the game looked smoother. His game looked smoother. He recognized patterns, understood what we were trying to accomplish at both ends. Even though there was a ton of energy, there was less wild energy than the first day. Uh, Continuing, we're excited about his talent, but to go along with that, we're excited about his maturity, his work ethic, and his desire to learn. It's exciting for all of us. It should be exciting for our fans. But I'll again reiterate, it's one thing to scrimmage. It's another to be out there on the floor with KD, Kyrie, and the Brooklyn Nets. Hmm. Yeah, he's doing a little, he's doing a little hedging, huh? Uh, just, yeah, and I think a little is, bit. I actually think this is probably the best insight into Steve, um, his feelings. Like You can tell he's really excited about coaching Wiseman and what Wiseman can be but he's trying to protect him and he's struggling with that internal excitement over everything. And like being the coach who doesn't necessarily like send out a a young guy and destroy his confidence. Right. Because like one way to ruin a guy's confidence is to have him out there against Kevin Durant when he's not ready and just get completely torched. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's likely gonna happen if he's out there on an island with KD. There's just there's no way a 19 year old kid, I don't care how athletic you are, is guarding is guarding Kevin Durant. Even if Kevin Durant's coming off an Achilles and he looks great the other day, um, I think I th- I do think season preview take wise on, on a broad basis, the Warriors do need him to be. Like I, I think Draymond's gonna be fine. I think Steph's gonna be fine. I think I think Ubre and Wiggins are not taking these massive leaps. They're gonna take their okay leaps. They do. They do need Wiseman to be a starting center by midseason, and and pro- probably even the the closing five by the end of the season F- for them to be like, hey, we're we're gonna make we're gonna be a real nah, maybe not even a contender, but we're gonna be a real second round team this year. Um, I don't think you're relying on Looney to be that guy unless they trade for PJ Tucker. Then okay, we'll change it up. But like other than that, they're relying a lot on James Wiseman and, and to make those leaps. And that's a lot. That's a lot. I think Steve Kerr knows that. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, <laughs> excuse me, um, I do think he, their focus will be on making sure he's better by April, May than he is in January. I would not be surprised if he didn't start opening night. Um, I think they want to uh, develop him. And, you know, it's just going to be interesting. Like, it, you you have to keep reminding yourself, no summer league, missed pretty much a full year. Like, he's just in a different – like, there's no real comparable to his situation. There's no, like – there's no example in history of a player who's had a start to their NBA career that looks like this, where it's like you have a shutdown COVID season and you have this, like, short camp where – oh, by the way, you had COVID, so you didn't even participate in most of it. And, um, you know, good luck, that type of thing. But you're also playing with Steph Curry and, at some point, Draymond Green and, like, this high IQ team and – um or at least two high Q individuals, <laughs> but uh, it's just it's just going to be interesting. So I'm going to try to not overreact to anything negative we see early on because it's just a rough situation for a rookie. Period. Yeah. Enough about James Wiseman. We could do, we could do we could do more. Well, we're gonna we're, there's going to be a lot of Wiseman. Oh, this we're gonna year. Hashtag Wiseman watch on uh on the show this year um i want to talk about one other thing before we get to our bold takes for the 2020 2020 2021 season but before we get there um right now most of the vegas books have the warriors seventh or eighth in the west westgate has them at 36 and a half wins which is the lowest bet online our sponsor and significantly better book uh, fan duels and a few other sites have them at 38 and a half tied for seventh with the Phoenix suns. I'm just going to read uh, the rest of them to you just for perspective. Lakers first at 47 and a half Clippers second, 46 and a half 
Denver third, 43 and a half. Dallas and Utah tied at fourth at 42 and a half. Portland, 40 and a half. And then Phoenix and Golden State, 38 and a half. And then you get down to the Pelicans, who are three games below them. Uh, the Rockets are off the board because Harden's kind of hard. Yeah, no, no one really knows. Like Vegas isn't willing to take bets on them when Harden's in the uh, in the uh, unknown area right now. So long story short, it seems like the line we should talk about is 38 and a half out of 72 games. Where are you there? Slight over. Slight over. I'm, I'm going 40 wins. I think 40 and 30, 32 is, uh, is fair. I think they're slightly over. I think they get the sixth seed. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, again, right, they're the seven or, or even the five seed, but I got them right at the sixth seed. Uh, my optimism is that they're going to be a fantastic uh, playoff team by the time the postseason comes around. But I think they get slightly over. Uh, this first week, I think, is, is yeah, Draymond's hurt, but I think it's okay, like we talked about. I think they probably weren't going to win those games anyway. Could be a little bit of an overreaction. I think their defense is going to be fantastic by the season's end. I think Steph Curry stays healthy the majority of the season. I think Ubre and Wiggins is going to be fine. I thought that Wiggins was going to take a bigger leap than Ubre. I've since changed my mind after watching the preseason. Uh, I think Ubre is going to be a probably is going to take a bigger leap. I think he's going to be a better basketball player. Um, but I think both of those guys are going to be good on defense. I actually think Wiggins is going to be better on defense than Ubre, just because I think Ubre might be a little, just a little more crazy. So I I, I I'm going to say Wiggins better, Disruptive. but I think, yeah, he's a, he's a little insane, but like he's insane in that, like he's got, maybe he's got more highlights, but he's not a better defensive player than Wiggins. Again, like a lot of that is on Draymond. Some of that's on Wiseman, but I think this team is a six seed 40 and 32, Sam. I think they do get to the second round. I'm going to wait though to do a bold take because I think they get past the second round, but that's my, that's my, that's my take. I'm just here for Ubre doing pushups after drawing charges. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's a football uh, player. The guy's a football player mentality. That's that's who Ubre is. I like it. I think the energy level is going to be really important for this team as they work through uh, some rough patches. It's nice to have a couple guys like that. You you juxtapose it with like D'Lo, um, whose energy level I would not define as high. And what energy level? Yeah. What, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be polite. Uh, what I was getting at is, you know, sometimes you need a guy who's kind of like super happy-go-lucky and like ultra-amped at all times to get you through a spell where maybe Steph is shooting poorly and they can't win games. Um, Bazemore kind of does it too. So if nothing else, I think this is a group that has a little more – they're going to be able to ride some bad spells in a way that last year's team absolutely had no chance of. Yeah, I think uh, – um... A lot of Brad Wanamaker this season, a lot of Ken Bazemore this season, a lot of Justin, no, I'm just kidding, no, Justin Ian Jessup. Uh, but a lot of guys I think will be frustrated watching. I think like Wanamaker and Looney are going to be two guys that the Warriors are going to be very frustrated watching, but they'll be good. Like they'll be good basketball players. I think it is, it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, I mean, do you expect Brad Wanamaker to keep scoring? Like, do you expect Kevon Looney to finish every shot? Like, he's just he's not that type of player, right? But I think they'll be very good basketball players in a rotation. That's I think they can probably go nine deep, ten, ten deep. Even I know Michael Mulder made the roster. I think he'll probably probably end up playing more than Poole. Probably end up playing more than than every one of them's hitting shots because they need outside shooting. Um, okay, I'm now my thought on the line. I'm going to hedge and say under. Um, I think they're going to win 38 games. I also think 38 will be more than good enough to be in the playoffs, maybe a seven seed. I actually think because of COVID and everything, we're going to see less high win totals and a lot more everyone in the middle of the pack because you could, you know, you could have a Wednesday game and it's like, well, um, Ubre tested positive, and so he's going to miss the next four games. And then, like, you play against Utah, and it's like, well, you know, uh, Donovan Mitchell tested, and, you know, he can't play. And I think it's going to throw everything in a loop. And long story short, they're only playing 72 games. They're not playing 82. But, like, if this was an 82-game season, what I would basically be saying is everyone's going to be between, like, 40 and 50-ish wins instead of having those outlier teams who are getting 60-plus wins. I think we're going to see a lot more in the middle of the pack. Like I'm taking the under on the Lakers. I'm taking the under on the Clippers. I'm taking the under on most of these teams. Cause I think that, 
I think it's going to be a little bit of a clusterfuck, and I don't think it's going to necessarily be reflective of the talent level of the teams. Does that make sense? This guy's taking the over on the fucking Hornets this season. Is 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 what's going to end down? It's going to come up with because the numbers kind of have to add up, right? And it's like if yeah. you're going to get that, if you're thinking that I'm oh shit, are the Minnesota Timberwolves going over? I hear you though. I agree because I do think I, I'll put it this way: I do think the line is a very well set line because. I could see 41 wins. I could also see 35 wins, depending on how a couple things that are out of their control, you know, like with COVID and stuff play out. So, sure. it, it, you know, if, if I was a betting man, I would not bet the Warriors line, like, with the intent to make money. I am going to bet it just for, like, luck reasons. I do it every sure. season. Sure. But, like, I would not be betting uh, – I would not look at the Warriors line as one of those, like, this is where I can make a lot of money. I've been hammering this point home all season. And, and to me, it's any of these teams in the West can be a two seed. Any of them can be an eight seed. Like, I, I just – there's no reason to me that people are saying, oh, the Portland Trail Blazers are demonstratively better than the Warriors. The, the Suns are demonstratively better than the Warriors. Like, even the Suns, to me, it's like, yeah, Chris Paul was healthy last season. If you're telling me that you don't think Steph Curry is going to stay healthy, you're going to tell me that Chris Paul is going to stay healthy? Like, that in itself makes no sense to me, right? And then the Portland Trailblazers, all oh, these guys are going to be great. These guys are going to be amazing. Robert Covington is not very good, Sam. He's not this 3 and D elite wing that people think he is. And I'm close to 50% of Clay Thompson. Like, there's, there's all these things that I think people think that these teams are in the West, and they're like, okay, yeah, these are for sure better than them. And it just it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't add up to me. Um, and I think that goes across everybody your- in the West. To Covington point, I was thinking about this. I was looking at the preseason stats. Did you realize that Ubre shot 40% from three on um, how many attempts? He took like seven a game, six a game, something like that. So I think he shot 40% from three in the three preseason games. Would you have guessed that? No, I didn't give his Ubre. Yeah, I didn't. I had no idea. I think he. Um, what I was going to say is it reminds me of Covington where if his shots are feet set in the corner, yeah, he can make them, but don't be confused and think that Covington's 38% shooting means he's a 38% shooter. It means he can hit open spot up attempts. It does not mean he can come off of a screen like, uh, like James Harden and hit a pull-up shot or, much less come off on a screen like Clay Thompson and just drain him, you know? Yeah. And I think that's something Warrior fans are going to have to get used to also with the team this year, where it's like, there's a lot of guys here who can hit shots if their feet are set. We do not have guys on this team who can hit shots under pressure on the move the way we're used to Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, and guys doing other than Steph Curry, who can obviously hit every shot, period. Sure. Yep. Um, and I am going to go down the rest of the West here a little bit too. Um, actually, we'll save it for the bull takes. Um, I am with you on the 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 Ubre Wiggins. I think the Wiggins stuff also. If we want to talk about him for a second, is that because I don't have a bull take on him? Is that man? He's kind of the same player that he was last season. What's the difference, Sam? There's no difference um, at this point. Nothing. You're right. Uh, it's a little. It's a little concerning. The defensive intensity is still there. I think he's going to be a good defender for the. I don't think the Warriors are going to handle him doing what he did in Minnesota with regards to defense period. Like it's, he, he's going to defend the offense is still going to be, I mean, he's still just dribbling into really tough two pointers for no reason, basically is what it comes down to. It's like you see him drive hard to the rim once and you're like, that is what I want to see. Yep. And then he doesn't do it again. Yep. So it's, I think, uh, I, I expected him to be a little bit better than he was last season. I'm not expecting the world, but uh, it's not it's not pretty out there. He's taking the same shots. He's has about the same mentality, like you said, driving to the rim. Defensively, he's fine. He's kind of what he was last season because he's a bunch of would you take skills. would you take Wiggins playing high end defense, not all defensive team, but like a tier below that, like good defense? but the same offense that we've been getting, which is kind of – it just always leaves you wanting more. He, like, settles for way too many tough shots. Some games he'll make them, but most games it'll be like, a, you know, like he, he finishes 7 for 17, that type well, of stuff. Well, I guess the problem is that, yeah, I would take the high defense and, and, and what he is on offense if they had Clay Thompson, right? Like, that's really what it right. is. It's like – 
yeah, Clay's, Clay's out, so you kind of want him to be a little bit better than what he's been, but there's, it's not happening. I don't, I don't think that's happening, and uh, I think the Warriors are still good enough, as we'll get here in the next segment, but um, it's definitely not a good thing. I think Oubre is probably the guy that, that might have a little some extra for the rest of his team. All right, um, before we get there, basketball, football, baseball at some point is back in full swing you might not be at a game this year but you can still be in on the action at bet online bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win the season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props bet online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else you can get in on their season opening bonuses today start off wagering on wins division championship futures all day every day head to bet online today take advantage of all the great signup bonuses promo code blue wire at betonline.ag. That's promo code, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it is almost over. Businesses around, uh, businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates and quickly so you can focus on the hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment and flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account anytime and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates who, whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria and you can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more candidates will see it in fast. Try and get it out with a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Best offer available anywhere. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. And we are back. Okay, for the season preview, Andy and I have both prepared some bold takes that we have not shared with each other. Uh, Three bold takes for the NBA season and three bold takes for the Warriors season. Do you want to start on the Warriors or the NBA as a whole? Start with the NBA. Okay, let's do that. Um, So I'll go first. My number one bold take for the NBA season, the Suns will get a top three seed in the West. I think oh God, they are damn good. Uh, Devin Booker, I mean, the list of players who averaged over 26 and five on over 60% true shooting percentage, it's literally Steph, KD, Harden. Like, it's easy to focus on how the Suns haven't had team success, uh, but he they, he keeps getting better and they keep getting better. Obviously, everyone saw the 8-0 bubble run. That's a little bit of an anomaly just because they're not the best team in basketball. But I would have picked them to be above 500 and fight for the playoffs without Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul, literally the perfect player to put next to Devin Booker. Uh, obviously one of the best defenders and leaders in the NBA, just a great point guard, not the guy you want as your leading scorer, but he doesn't have to be it because you have Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton who keeps getting better. I also like the addition of Jay Crowder to that team. I think Michael Bridges is one of the better three and D wings in the making. I just think they're going to be a really good team. I like the direction they're going. Maybe they won't have playoff success, but I feel like Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and a bunch of three and D wins will rack up a lot of W's in the regular season and be a very tough team. And I think they're better than Portland. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm with you. I, I hear you. Would you rather have Michael Bridges or, or is he the, would he be the best wing on the Warriors right now? By far. Um, he's really good. It's a different skill set, but like, yeah, they act, they need someone like that to rotate in because we were talking about it. It's like, it's not that Wiggins, Ubre, and Bazemore all the same, but they are all slashers and there's a little redundancy to the skill set. Like, wouldn't you just like one guy, one of the three wings to be a guy who would prefer to shoot threes than to just try to drive into the lane or take tough twos? Yeah, no, I, I was just I was just curious. I, I like the I like the I like the Suns as a three seed. I think that's a fantastic pick. Um, I think they will. I, I'm a little not bullish on them because I 
I just I don't know how much I trust Chris Paul. Um, he's older. Like I think the same sure. concerns with Steph Curry is even worse with Chris Paul. Um, but yeah, I mean if he's healthy, right? Like this team is going to be fantastic. I I think. Uh, it's a little bit of a leap maybe to throw them above uh, Utah and Denver, who are consistent teams. I saw Gobert signed a immediately overpaid contract today, which is funny. A little, a little more depth, yes. Yeah. Um, but, um, but in the series, I'm with you. Like I think, the, I think the Suns maybe are just a better team than these guys. Sometimes you go with talent. I do want to throw this one Chris Paul note out there. It'll be easier for him to stay healthy if he's the third scoring option, which he is. Like – it's pretty clear that, um, you know, Devin Booker is going to lead the team in scoring and DeAndre Ayton will probably be second. So Chris Paul just passing it and occasionally taking some mid-range shots, easier to stay healthy than Chris Paul having to score 20 plus a night. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, here's me. I think that Miami is better than Brooklyn this season makes the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I think there's way too much Brooklyn Nets hype. KD's, he looks fantastic. Kyrie looks fantastic he's saging places um which is funny weird i don't know but i think miami like i there's this there's this thought i think that because tyler hero was so good as a rookie that he may not make a leap this season i I, like i think he's going to be fantastic again and even better duncan robinson is not getting worse that guy's like he's I did top see he was like shooter tw- in the league. I, yeah. Top five. I did see he was like maybe twentieth or fifteenth most valuable according to some stats. Just like, all right, slow it down. But this team is is built for. I mean, they're just they're built to win. Like they they're a regular season team. They played together last year. Um, they're going to be great again this season. I think maybe this is a little bit more of a hedge to me against the Brooklyn Nets because I think as talented as they are, they play no defense. Uh, they don't know how to play together. I, until I see KD and Kyrie know how to play together, I don't see it. DeAndre Jordan is terrible. You watch that guy, just awful. I'm going to be so mad if Steph doesn't take 20 pull-up threes on Tuesday. Like, what he was doing to Hassan Whiteside, they better do that every time DeAndre Jordan is on the floor because God knows trying to get, like, uh, Wiggins ISOing KD is not going to put good offense on the floor. Yeah. I so I think maybe for me I think this bet or this take is more about I don't trust that the Brooklyn Nets are going to stay together not only in the regular season but in the postseason. Um, I think what we saw from Miami Miami Heat against the, the Bucks is kind of what we're seeing. I just this this Nets team is built like a two K team. It's literally like your bros putting together like a couple of superstars and then like some goons that they really like. It's like oh I really like DeAndre Jordan. He's going to be a starter. Like what the fuck are we doing here? And then Karis LeVert is also like, like he's a he's a fine player, but I think people also think Karis LeVert is like this superstar or like this like this like this like fantastic playmaker, which is like we've never seen that out of him ever outside of like counting stats. You want to know what's hilarious? You literally walked into my second take in a different way. I said the Brooklyn Nets will have the better regular season record, but the Boston Celtics will knock them out in the playoffs. Wow. Boston <laughs> Celtics. Oh, wait, now I want to hear why. Boston Celtics. All right. So everyone, um, well, not everyone, but you know, a lot of people saw Brooklyn basically destroy Boston Friday night preseason, right? Yep. No Tristan Thompson and no Kemba Walker. I don't think Boston is good enough to win against good teams without their whole cast. So that's a caveat. But I think if we're talking about team development over the course of the season, I think Boston getting Tristan Thompson was a very underrated move. If they get peak Tristan Thompson, they probably have beat the Miami Heat last year. Like, literally, that series was won by the fact that Daniel Tice had zero chance against Bam Adebayo. It wasn't like, I thought Tatum outplayed Jimmy Butler. I thought Jalen Brown was excellent. I thought they kind of outplayed them on the perimeter. I agree. But Bam averaged, what, 23 and 15 against Daniel Tice, who's just not a starter at that level. Whereas, you know, at least Tristan Thompson has played at that level and can, it's not like he'd win against Bam. He just wouldn't get run over. So my thought process on Boston is because Boston tends to always play as a team defensively. By the end of the season, we're going to see them be one of the best playoff defenses in the NBA. Marcus Smart goes without saying Tristan Thompson is a playoff defender if he's physically right. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are playoff defenders. Kemba's not, but you can get away with Kemba if he's the only guy. I think a big thing that did them in last year is just Kemba you can just run something straight at Kemba and Daniel Tice and like there's no resistance there. So I think they're going to keep getting better as the season goes on. And to your next point, 
I actually like their role players, but I don't like all their role players together. Like I'm watching Joe Harris and Landry Shamit, and I'm like, God, I wish the Warriors had one of those because the Warriors really have no shooting outside of Steph. But do you really want to be in a playoff game where your lineup is Kyrie, Shamit, or Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, KD, and whoever they run out at center? It can't guard anyone. You know, like even if KD plays D, even if KD can defend, um, physically, I'm talking about, he obviously has proven yeah, he's and that, a good I doubt that too. Yeah. Yeah. That's They're idea. not, um, they don't have enough defenders around them on the roster. They just have probably the most explosive offense. They, they feel it's ironic that Nash is their coach and Dan Tony is the lead assistant because they have like a Phoenix Suns feel where you're like, these dudes can score a lot, but I don't think they can get a single stop when it matters. Yeah. Um, they are a, a team that has a lot of cool names and pregame shows and announcers. Good names, I love too. it. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, I don't see how it works. And the Miami Heat and, and the Boston Celtics, I think, are, are a step down from that. But I agree with you that they did outplay the Heat a lot for that season, is, is that these teams are going to be better than them. I, I think it's like you go back to watch the OKC Warriors, uh, that seven-game um, <laughs> novel that, that – that beautiful series that was played four years ago and the Warriors were a team and you watch OKC fall apart bit by bit because they're not, it's just not and how that OKC could t- defend too. Yeah. You're yeah. My whole thing, my whole thing is, I guess we're getting at the same point. Obviously KD is better than anyone on the Celtics or the heat. Uh, but the Celtics and the heat, if they stay healthy and come together are built with playoff defense. And I don't think the, Nets are built with a playoff defense yet. They could also just make a trade and everything changes for them. But as I look at their roster, I see a team that can score 130 a night, but was going to give up 127, 128. Yeah. You and, know? And, the, and, and the last piece here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to my, my second take, um, is that, yeah, if you told me KD from, from Prime Warriors was here and then you got Kyrie from Cleveland Cavaliers, Kyrie was here. I mean, yeah, they'll win the, they'll win the title. They'll win the title. But – Guys are coming off real injuries, so I, I don't know. Um, and I think this playoff point is going to be important here, Sam, because I've got my second take is I think the Clippers lose in the second round again. I, I don't see this team as a serious basketball team. They're giving me huge Houston Rockets, James Harden vibes. Kawhi Leonard is a huge champion. Lob City vibes. <laughs> huge lot. Yeah, they're giving. Look, Kawhi Leonard is a champion. He is a champion. He's won three titles, but I don't think that he's that type of leader of champion. No that they need and I don't know if Serge Ibaka puts them like Serge Ibaka is great he's fine he's going to be a great fit I don't think that puts them over the top at all and I don't think that there is undisputed second seed that everybody was saying last season and then after they flame out against the Denver Nuggets with a fantastic choke job by everyone up and down the roster that they come back this season and are suddenly like what we're the second seed again and we're just as good as the Lakers I think that's like, frankly, I think that's disgusting. Like, I don't think they're anything close to the Lakers. Um, and I think this is this, this idea that they're just, like, just as talented and they're going to be the second seed and they're going to be in the West. I think it's bullshit. I think they're, I think they're going out in the second round again, and uh, <laughs> you'll be shocked to learn who I think they'll lose to. But, um, I, yeah, I think they're out. And I, I don't see it from them until, until I see it. And, and I could say, like, LeBron, I could see doing it. Kawhi, PG? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I do think Ibaka is a big deal for them, but I kind of, they need a point guard. There's no other way around it. Cause, um, Kawhi and PG aren't those type of players. They're not LeBron James. They're not a, you know, a ball dominant player who you run your offense through and you don't need a real point guard. Like they desperately, I mean, this is bad, but like when they were rumored to get Rondo, I'm like, Oh, Rondo would really help them. You know, like they just need someone who can direct traffic and be an actual point guard, in my opinion. Um, but with that said, here's my last playoff. Here's my last NBA bold take. One of Dallas or Utah will not make the playoffs. Wow. I th- wow. I think this is going to be a little mean, but I think someone's due. I think one of those teams are due for the type of injury that just puts you in a tailspin. Um, and I think the West is too competitive. Let, let's put it this way. If Rudy Gobert, you know, gets hurt and misses 25 games, does Utah have enough 
to stay in the playoffs? I mean, yeah, you're right. Um, he's a regular I, season basketball player. Maybe I can turn it in the regular season. Maybe I can take, maybe I can throw Denver and Portland into this too. What all of those teams are good teams. They're teams that are locked to make the playoffs every year. I agree, but they're all dependent on their main guys. And one of the, one of those teams is bound to have a main guy, just have a bad year. See, everyone thinks Steph or Chris Paul is going to always get injured or something. Yes. And like, there's reason to think that, but like the reality is it, it comes for everyone. It does come for everyone. If this is the year that Donovan Mitchell just has a, just one thing after another, or Damian Lillard has one thing after another, would it really surprise you? I think a lot of the time we look at these standings and we're like, how are they all going to make the playoffs? Who's not going to make it? And the obvious choice is usually someone just gets hard bit by injuries. Someone that we think last year it was the Warriors. Last year it was Steph in game four, breaks his hand. And you're like, all right, well, they're out of it. That solves that, you know? Um, so I think that's, I think one of those teams we think are a lock to make it won't make it this year. And I think it's one of those second tier West teams that everyone's considering a lock. Uh, I am going, I'm with you on this take. If you add in all four teams, um, I am maybe not as hot with you on that take, but I am with you on that. I don't know how good some of these teams actually are. I think people think like they're this like automatic second, third tier West teams. And I'm just like looking at the Dallas Mavericks and I'm like, yeah, man, Luca's fucking awesome. Luca's awesome. And Kristaps, but then it's like, who knows when Kristaps even going to play. Yeah. Josh Richardson is fine, but it's not like he's this Clay Thompson guy. Like, I just I don't. I look at Seth Curry is fine. He's solid role players, but it's like, is Luka Doncic LeBron James? Is he Giannis? Out of not even Giannis. Is he like Steph Curry? Like, is he these like prime Steph Curry? Right? Like, is he automatically this guy that's going to put them in the Western Conference Finals? And I don't I don't know. Um, and it seems like people are saying that already. And I think that's a great point that you but throwing Dallas out there. And they they might be great. They they truly might be, but we don't know that. You can't just say that they are. Um, I like that one, Sam. Um, all right. My last bold NBA take. Uh, this one might be wishful thinking. <laughs> I got the Milwaukee Bucks winning the NBA title this season. Uh, I think a lot of this is, yeah, Drew Holiday is like, a, it's just a near perfect fit. It is not great that they couldn't get Bogdan Bogdanovich, but then I'm also like, yeah, Bogdan's kind of overrated anyway. Like 17, 20 million for a guy. That's fine. I don't know. Um, it's not like he's a spectacular role player. I think Drew Holiday is fantastic. Perfect fit with the team. Chris, it slides Chris Middleton over so Chris Middleton doesn't have to handle in crunch time. We watched that. That was disgusting. Nobody ever wants to watch that. It's not like Drew Holiday is this great crunch time player too, but at least it's another guy that you trust. Um, but I think the true leap here, the true one that does matter is that Giannis is going to is gonna be that player. Barack Obama went on the Simmons podcast, started talking about the Giannis mid-range jump shot. Uh, and I was like, oh, wow. Like either Barack reads a lot of NBA Twitter articles or he's like truly a, a love of the game guy and, and watches the NBA. So thought that was uh, I thought that was a great point by him. And I think at some point, at some point, Giannis is going to put that together. If he's like this great basketball player, LeBron put it together. Steph put it together. These great basketball players put that together. And you think that Jan is going to put it together at some point. I think he's like that post-hype sleeper that people talk about in fantasy. Where it's like, oh, Jan is MVP. He's MVP. He's going to win the title. But then now this season, people are like, well, he's not going to win the MVP. The front office is kind of a mess. We're off the Milwaukee Bucks. I, I think this is the season that they actually show up. Um, and Giannis makes that leap as a uh, crunch time finisher. And if he doesn't, then shoot. I don't know if he ever is going to be that guy, but I think this is a, this is the season for it. There's less pressure on him to, to make that happen. I like it. Um, I disagree. I don't think it's going to happen this year, but it is bold, and it's certainly not out of the realm of possibilities. Yeah. I just wouldn't bet on Milwaukee. I don't trust Bud. All right, now what the people I are forgot really Bud, here. actually. Yeah. Here was what the people are really here for. Our three bold warrior takes, Okay. All right, who's going I guess, first? I guess I'll start off just to keep the symmetry going. Um, one, Bob will make multiple trades in season. I'm looking at this Warriors team, and I like aspects of it, but the roster is very incomplete. There's no shooting outside of Steph. There's no veteran bigs. There's no one who can create their own shot outside of Steph. Um I guess Wiggins, but do you even want Wiggins creating his own shot? You know, like you get what I'm saying. I think a big part of this roster construct was 
Let's try to keep a little flexibility. Let's see what we have. It's why they didn't use the DPE. We, we've kind of gotten good indication that they're willing to use the DPE if this team's in a playoff hunt. So maybe they trade for Derrick Rose or P.J. Tucker. Those are DPE things. I also think, when I brought this up earlier, their wings are solid but redundant. Bazemore, Oubre, Wiggins, they're all kind of the same type of player. You can even throw Wanamaker into that mix too. Um, even though his skill set's a little different, he can play point guard. They desperately need someone who can break someone off the dribble, and they desperately need someone who can hit shots. So I think at some point we're going to see Bob make at least some marginal trades, and I could see something like trading Bazemore or Wiggins or something like – Wiggins would be a huge trade just because of the contracts and everything. I could see something where he makes trades in the margins – but I think for sure they're going to make a couple moves during the season. Yeah, I agree. Um, I actually, I actually um, put in them making shout a few out trades. Doug Mc, McDermott. Jesus Christ. Um, I'm just going to go into mine because it dovetails into mine. I think that they make a trade. Like I think PJ Tucker is going to happen. Um, and I think that that is going to only make this take maybe less bold. But I think they're top five defense this season. I think okay. by the time by the time the season ends, they're a top five defense. I think that is their ceiling. Um, but you talk about like the the athletes, whatever. I think the mentality is is the, is the biggest part of this team too. The Warriors could have been a top five season uh, team every single season the last six seasons, but they would vary because it didn't matter to them. Andre Iguodala, these guys. This season, it matters to them. It matters to them, and even though they might ha- not have the same talent, they have the physical profile. Uh, to be that team and they care a lot more sometimes with defense hate to say it it's how much do you actually care about doing it and this team to me feels like they care a lot more than say for example the Dallas Mavericks right the Portland Trailblazers some of these teams in the Western Conference where to me it's like yeah their MO or their their mantra it's not defense and I think the Warriors more than any team in the NBA maybe outside of the Miami Heat or or the Lakers, right? Because they have talent and they have the the mindset. Is the Warriors have the mindset to be that top five defense? Um, and I think that they get there by season's end. Uh, thanks to. I think uh, the more important thing here is they have the coaching staff to get a team to be a top five defense. We sometimes will lament the offense from time to time, but I think one thing has been proven throughout the Steve Kerr era, and you can take even farther back to Mark Jackson one, there's such a focus on defense in the organization. And I believe heavily in Rod Adams, in Steve Kerr, and Mike Brown, those guys that um, if you give them guys with the athletic gifts and the desire, like the mentality – they will be able to coach it up and scheme it up to make them a better team defense than the, let's just say the individual pieces suggest it should be. You also have Draymond Green in there, who's one of the most cerebral defenders and like anchors of a defense you're ever going to see. So I don't think it's unrealistic. Like I I think we're both in agreement on this. They're going to be better on defense than they are on offense. So with that said, it's, it's about deciding what the ceiling of that is. I'm not willing to go top five, but ironically, you just dovetailed it into my second take, which is, and I came up with this take before yesterday's news, Draymond Owens defensive player of the year. Um, now I kind of am wondering if I should walk it back, but like end of the day, if he just misses two games, no one's going to remember it in two weeks, you know? Um, I think this team, if the they hell ma- of a take for you, man, after all off season, Oh, you throw this out there. All right. <laughs> all right. Hear me out on this one. If this team makes the playoffs, it's because the defense is good. If the defense is good, it's because we're getting locked in Draymond green for getting locked in Draymond green, carrying this team into the top 10 defensively. He will get a lot of defensive player of the year buzz because people aren't going to start. I mean, Warrior fans will geek out on Kelly Oubre, you know, doing push-ups and pointing, but like the media and like the voters aren't going to be all in on like all Oubre is the reason they're top five. No, Draymond's going to get all the credit for the defense, for quarterbacking it, for everything. So I do think there's a pathway to that. And I'm leaving the most important part of this out. Draymond's a petty, petty individual. He's heard everyone say how washed he is. and 
he has a level of like um, FU energy to him that I think it's very much in play that he could win defensive player of the year by quarterbacking this defense, let's say to seventh or sixth in the NBA, them over exceeding expectations. And, you know, there being a bunch of metrics that point out to when Draymond's on the floor, they're the best defense in the NBA. When Draymond's off the floor, they're, you know, below league average, basically the same things we see with Steph on offense. I love it. I think, I mean, I, I was surprised that I w- wasn't the one that was saying this. This is shocking coming from, uh, from Sam. I will push back on a little bit of, uh, yeah, they're going to, they're, of course they're going to say Kelly Oubre is, is giving Steph too much help. Come on now. Of course, clutch doesn't do that. <laughs> but, but, then I'm, but then I'm like, well, Draymond is clutch. So actually, yeah, he's that, not going to he's, he's, They're going to lie and say he's given too much help on the offensive end and ignore the defensive end when, in fact, I think Uber is probably going to be more impactful defensively than offensively. Uh, I think that's a, that's a, he certainly has a, I think there's a lot of, uh, I was just listening to some art, uh, some podcasts and articles who were like, yeah, Draymond can still be a top 10 defensive player in the league. And I'm like, who the fuck is better defensively than him? Nine players, 10 players than him right now. Like even, even at Draymond being who he is, like, what are we talking about here? I think that, well, when's the last time he played good defense? Well, I guess it'd be the NBA, the 2019 playoffs, right? So it'd be a year. We're, and a, half we're a long time away. Like, I, I don't mind people having doubts on it because he hasn't played in forever. I just think he has enough in the tank to still get there. I agree. I agree. Um, I don't know about defensive player of the year. That's why I love that take. Um, as a, as a huge said, bold takes. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, I'm gonna save my like best one for last. So I'm just gonna do this one right now. It's it's maybe not as a. Uh, it's hot, but maybe not great. I think Kevon Looney's out of the rotation by season's end. I don't I didn't see enough from him this preseason. Yeah. Like he's your prototypical, like, yeah, he should play in the postseason. He actually should be playing against good teams, right? He makes all the right choices. But I don't know, man. Like, there is a lot of like washed vibes that I'm getting from Kevon Looney. Like, yeah, he's 24, 25. Um, but to me, he seems like someone like, are we sure that he can switch on guys out on the perimeter still? Are we sure that he can, uh, like, he can still make smart plays. The brain doesn't get washed, right? But are we sure that he's someone that can defend, like, he can actually move defensively against bigs and smalls and wings? That's, like, kind of his biggest, um, that was his biggest value to the team because he's not going to score offensively, and we can see now that he can't shoot. Um, he's not going to finish at the rim. My God, like there are plays that he has a wide open lane to the hole and he somehow still gets blocked by a plotter like Hassan Whiteside. Right. So I just, and he's supposedly healthy. That's the other thing. If you told me that maybe he's like coming back to speed, right. I'd be okay with that, but he's healthy right now and he doesn't look great. So I don't think it gets any better. I think by the end of the season, you're talking about a rotation of James Wiseman, Marquise, Chris, PJ Tucker, and Draymond Green at the five position. So I think he's out. I think he's out by then. I don't even know if he's been on the team because you're talking about trades. You're talking about midseason moves. It's fine. And he's actually, he's actually, now that you mention it, he is a very useful trade chip because um, they have a bunch of like $30 million players, right? Yeah. And they have a bunch of lower. He's just going to be a player that, you know, let's say they want to acquire someone who costs $8 million. And that's going to be hard for them to do if they don't include Looney's contract with, let's just say, yep. you know, um, Jordan Poole or something like from a from a matching perspective. So I actually do agree with you, particularly this is an interesting I'm just thinking of this on the fly. If Wiseman is as fast a study as. You know, they, we were hoping he is and kind of Steve Kerr is alluding to. You might not need Looney by midseason, you know? So Exactly. There's exactly. a you know, you wouldn't feel so bad if you used Looney's contract to acquire uh Derek Rose, for example, right? Like, I mean, Detroit has 30 centers they can also throw in just to give you depth too. So but like you get you get my point, right? Like it's one of those things where it's like if Wiseman doesn't exist, you kind of have to keep Looney because someone has to play center. Yeah. I but mean, uh, if Wiseman ends up being as good as they think he is, as fast as they think he is, Looney could become very tradable. Yep. I think a lot of his value, too, was being able to play with stars, is being able to play with Clay, uh, KD, and Steph. Right. And be stay, that out of the, guy. stay out of the way and just switch. 
yeah, that's not that's not what they need right now, and that's not what they need moving forward. Let's be like, Katie ain't come back. Clay Clay come back. He not he not that guy, right? Like so he's not. He, Looney can't just be this player. They need more from a guy like Looney, and it's a bull take for a reason. Need, they also need Wiseman to be that player. Like if Wiseman can't be a guy who plays in closing right. lineups, not this year, but like in a year or two, then they messed up the pick basically. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's who the who the hell else is gonna like thirty eight year old PJ Tucker is gonna be that guy? Like, no way, right? Um, but yeah, Looney could still be a player. It's a bull take for a reason. But I don't think he does enough, and I don't think he's good enough. Kind of uh, t- that guy. Kind of ties to my initial point, which is like there will be trades. I do not think the roster we see Christmas Day is the roster we'll see March first, basically. Yep. Which is ultimately not a bad thing. Because I don't think this is a title roster. So Bob needs to keep wheeling and dealing till he gets there. Um, my last bold take. The Warriors will win a playoff series. Um, oh, this is gonna I'm not willing to go farther than one round. But outside of the Lakers, who just have a more stacked roster than anyone, and honestly, probably even the Clippers, I think the Warriors can beat any of these teams assuming Bob cleans up the margins. I do think, I do think they will get better as the year goes on and Steph will be the best player in any playoff series other than again, against the Lakers, you know, that's about it. Right. Like they go against Den, they go against Denver. I love Jokic. Yeah, yep, you can't tell me that Steph isn't the best player in that series. They go against uh, Utah, love Donovan Mitchell. Gobert is excellent. Maybe not forty million a year, excellent, but excellent. Um, but he's not better than Steph, and so I think the Warriors can. Um, you know, it ties together. If Bob makes a couple moves in the margins, and they grow as a team, maybe Wiggins and Ubre are better at the end of the year than they are now, and Draymond is healthy, they will win a playoff series. Actually, I think all my takes tie together. Couple trades, Defensive Player of the Year, Draymond. Obviously, they're going to win a playoff series with Steph leading the way now. Yeah, I think that's perfect, which is just hilarious. We end the podcast just perfectly melded. I say they make the Western Conference Finals. Um, so I just I'm a little bit of a I'm a little bit of a homer, Sam. I'm just I'm a little bit a little bit more dramatic than you. Um all the points I agree with you on. Um I think that they make like I literally make this prediction saying that hey, they are trading for PJ Tucker and they are making moves to get themselves better. Right? So I think they're closing with a lineup with Steph. Ubre, Wiggins, Tucker, Draymond, right? Now you, like, Tucker's not this amazing shooter, but he's a shooter. He can shoot. Uh, he can make shots. So, like, that lineup, they're beating, like, the net, that, like, I got him as a six seed. They're beating the first round. They're beating the Nuggets or Utah or whomever. Then they're taking down the Clippers. And then the Western Conference Finals comes around, and I don't, I don't. That, see, I can't go that far, but I think this is a team that, given the right moves, given the right health, um, is a team that can make the Western Conference Finals. I think they do. Um, and I don't think it's like this crazy-ass scenario that we've painted, Sam. I don't think we're, we're coming out here and you're saying, well, if Oubre becomes a 38% three-point shooter, if Wiseman becomes a defensive player of the year, if the Warriors trade all these guys for Giannis and Tenacumpo, then they're going to make the Western Conference Finals, right? I don't think these are things that that we're saying has to happen. I think what we're saying is Steph is plays like an MVP, which he looks fantastic. Draymond Green is a top five defensive player uh, of the year guy, which I think is very possible. Uh, they make a trade for someone like PJ Tucker, very possible. It might even be done in a day. <laughs> you know, like we're not saying James Wiseman has like, or sorry, not James. We don't. Have, we're not saying all these players has to make leaps. I think they have good enough players, and I think that's because the rest of the Western Conference is. And I want to say PJ Tucker is also like a stand-in name right now for a good player who can help a playoff team on a team that's trending in a negative direction. You know, like we all think Houston's going to go into fire sale mode and PJ Tucker it's been, I mean, he makes all the sense in the world for the way the Warriors like to play. Right. So, but I mean, it could be Derek Rose. It could be Doug McDermott. It could be a lot of dudes who kind of, you know, their team is, let's just say, 15 and 25 and not in the playoff hunt. And they're like, let's just – it's time to cut this solid enough player. Taking my fucking take back if they're training for Doug McDermott, Sam. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Doug McDermott is a top-tier sh- – they need shooting, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll take it any way I can get it. 
Um, he's not my favorite target, but like you do know over the last three years, Doug McDermott has shot. Oh God. Why, why are we ending on Doug? Yeah. Why, no, we're 40, not ending on it. He's, we, he shot 43% off the bench from three. I mean, it's the same thing Corver and um, Joe Harris and these guys do. Wouldn't you be happy to have one of those guys just to rotate in? Yes, yes, I would be. I think I think PJ Tucker is the name that I, I I think of because I think he's a closing player. Like I don't think Derrick Rose is. I don't think many many of these guys. So it's not like the options are unlimited, right? But I think like if they can get PJ, that's a guy that can not put him over the edge. But that is a fantastic addition to a team that really really needs him. Uh, they get a lot better defensively. Uh, toughness is right there, right? Nobody's you know, there's another goon that you put in. Um, and uh, like I would probably trust PJ Tucker to make a three a lot more than I would Andrew Wiggins, Eric Pascal. Um, Eric Pascal, well, well, you're, you're picking like the two worst three points, but, but, but those are the guys that he would play over. Like he's playing, sure, over. sure. Um, I'm the only reason I'm out on PJ Tucker is he's going to be 36 in the playoffs. Yeah, they might have to re sign him too, right? Like if they do trade for him, like that may be a thing, which probably isn't great, but. Yeah, it feels like uh, I would – you make the trade for P.J. Tucker if you're like the Clippers or one of those teams that's like you need a player to win. Anyway, this is a different who, who, discussion. Who are they giving up? Any- yeah. yeah. This is a different discussion. We will get into this another time. And season starts Tuesday. We are all excited. Do not get upset if KD tears him up without Draymond. It's going to probably happen. All right, man. Good stuff. See you then. <laughs>